Welcome to season number four of the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. So if you're tired of listening to big banks and broke people on how to live a mediocre financial life, this is a place for you. To find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And the show is designed to change just that. I'm your host, The Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas. This is episode number 65. And today we're going to talk about how you can really tell if you really afford something. How do you count the cost? The true cost. I know some of y'all are thinking like, this is easy, right? You just figure out what you got and then you figure out what the price is. But it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And I'm going to show you how I go through and process how... Uh, how I can afford things. So uh, that's going to be good for you today. For those of you who's your first time tuning in, I'd say welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know how you found me, but I appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life, how you can use it to get the things that you want to get in life, go live the lifestyle you want to live. And we don't talk about retirement so much here. We talk about financial independence, financial freedom, and having money do its job, is, which is to work for you. If you want to find out more about what we do, you want to find our resources, all the past episodes, and make sure you subscribe to it, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com and consider becoming one of the misfits. And of course, also don't forget, we have a Facebook group where we have discussions about money, right? Because that's what we're here to do. So without further ado, let's get on with it. And and I'll talk, talk to you about the the inspiration about this show today, because me and my wife, we were talking earlier today. My wife, she she's in this thing where she likes to buy plants, right? And so we were talking about, you know, our personal budgets and how much money we have for like home decor and things like that. And we think about some, say you got like a hundred dollars, right? And there's something that costs $90. And when you look at it on the surface, it looks like, look, I can afford this thing, right? Or at least I have enough to get that, which that what I want, right? But as we were talking and we've kind of thinking about like the plants and stuff we've been buying lately, it is you will go to a store and you get a plant. But one of the things you forget about is the plant needs a pot if you don't want to sit in that old plastic thing that it came with. Right. Also, the plant actually may need some space. It needs a place to go. Right. So that's part of the thing you need to consider. It may need soil or, or food, uh, watering. It needs time. It needs all those things when you think about it. And so that's what we want to talk about today, about the process that I go through, uh, that we go through when we're thinking about whether or not we can afford something. Because growing up, if I had the money in the account and what was in the account was more than what it is I wanted to buy, I just pretty much considered I, I could afford it, right? That was probably a mistake, right? Well, you know it's a mistake. You've, you've been there. I've been there. It was a mistake. Um, there's also times where I've uh, counted the cost incorrectly. And that's when I talked about like things, getting things on payments or on notes. Right. So if something were to cost me two hundred dollars a month and I felt like I made 
at least more than $200 a month that I need. I felt like I could afford it. But again, I didn't count the whole cost. Um, and which this reminds me of the scripture. I think it was in Luke. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar or anything like that. But uh, we we're talking about it's a really good scripture. He says, which of us or which of you, knowing you want to build a house or a tower or something like that, uh, would not first sit down and count up all the costs to see if you have enough to complete the project. And that's a ton of wisdom in that one that one scripture right there is a ton of wisdom because we do this all the time. We forget to count the entire cost. And one of the things is we've never been taught how or taught to count the entire cost. So let's break it down. Let's talk about what the costs are. So obviously we're looking at price, right? So if you want to buy, let's say, like we were saying earlier, a plant, right? And the plant costs a hundred bucks. Okay. The price of the plant is a hundred dollars, right? So you want to base off what you have, what you've allocated for that particular plant based on the price. So if you have a hundred dollars, you think, okay, the plant is a hundred dollars. Boom. Uh, I can afford it. Right. But it's more than that. Right. Um, there's also things you got to think about, which we, we've touched on already. Is not only the price, but also the tax. Right. So if you live in any place that tax goods, which is everywhere that I know of, you got to think about that. Right. I know here in, in Texas, we don't have a, a income tax uh, income tax from the state. So, but we have uh, sales tax on everything, 8.25%, depending on where you are. So every time I'm thinking about, I need to buy something, I need to think about adding the tax on top of that. I usually in my head just add 10% because it's just easier for me to do. The tax is only eight and and a quarter or whatever it is, but I'm always thinking if something costs me $90, go ahead and add another $10 to that, right? Because I'm thinking about the tax aspect of it, right? But it's even more than just the taxes because taxes are are real, right? But think even beyond the taxes, right? So we touched on it already, but also what things that you need to buy to support that purchase, right? For example, let's give you, uh, let's get a car, for example, right? So a lot of people go out and they get a car, right? And let's say to get a car note for whatever it is, $500 a month, right? That's, I think that's the average car note right now here in the States, $500 a month. And you look at your account, you look at your paychecks, you look at your expenses and you look at your bills. And you think, oh, I got enough to pay for this five hundred dollar a month car note. But there's other parts that you don't take into consideration. It's not necessarily how much is going to cost you for the month, but how much time it as in how many months will you be paying for this five hundred dollar a month car? Right. Is it going to be three years? Is it going to be six years? Is it going to be eight years? Right. How many years are you dedicating your future income to five hundred dollars a month? Right. Because every time you do that, it's really a gamble. Right. Will I have five hundred dollars a month a year from now or three years from now or five hundred or five years from now? If I have a six year car note, will I have five hundred dollars a month? I mean, probably you will. But there's some things you can't really predict in your life, right? Where maybe you have to move and go somewhere else, right? Maybe that has higher cost of living. Maybe you find the love of your life and you get married and y'all start having children, right? And your sports car that's costing you $500 a month won't fit any car seats, right? So now you got to figure out, you know, what you're going to do about that. So these are kind of the things we're thinking about. So not only is uh, what the monthly cost is, whether or not I have enough in the bank account, uh, but also, 
Do I have enough stamina, enough wherewithal? Do I have enough runway to have to pay for this car for the next three years or five years or four years or whatever it is may be, right? The other part of that is the interest that you're going to pay on it, right? So the car itself may only cost you $20,000, $30,000, $10,000, whatever the case may be. But when you add interest onto that, how much is that interest going to cost you, right? And that's one of the things that people don't think about, right? So if you get a car that is, you know, $30,000 and you got a 5%, 10%, 15% interest rate, it's going to cost you more than just $30,000 to pay for that thing, right? We don't think about that, but it costs more. We'll break down some numbers here in a minute as I give you a few more examples. The other part about that is what else goes with the car that you need to make happen, right? Uh, So a lot of people, they'll buy something and they forget that the purchase is not yet done. For example, uh, we, uh, we, we're iPhone users, right? So when you buy your iPhone or if you buy your laptop or if you buy any type of electronic or you buy a lot of different things, you can just buy it, right? So we buy the iPhone, but you're going to need a case, right? And if you use it the way I use it and you're always out and about, you may need an extra charger, right, for your car because you're always on a move or maybe a charger battery pack. Um, if your case doesn't protect your screen, maybe you need a screen protector, right? Or maybe you don't want to do all that. Kind of what we do is we'll just buy the Apple Care because I like to carry my phone butt naked, right? No, no case on it, no nothing. So I'm prone to cracking it and breaking screens and stuff like that. So I get the Apple Care, right, or whatever it is, your insurance on your phone. You can get it through your, your phone care or you can get it through Apple or whatever it is. You get what I'm saying? So there's other things that you need to buy to complete your transaction. You, you can't just buy the phone by itself and don't buy any way to protect it or you're risking yourself having to spend a whole lot more later on in the future to get the screen replaced or to get the phone replaced altogether because you got to buy a whole nother one. Right. So those are the things you got to think about. It's not just the price of the item itself, but the other parts that go and support the, the purchase. There's also the cost of not necessarily the price, but the opportunity cost, right? So if you were to buy, let's say, this $20,000 car, $30,000 car, you also have to pay a price for the opportunity that's lost that that money could be doing something else, right? So if your car note is $500 a month, what else could you have been doing with that $500 a month, right, that made that money grow? Right. That's the other part of the cost that nobody talks about. And that's the opportunity cost. What are you losing by buying this particular deal? What else could that money have been doing other than paying for that car or paying for the phone or paying for the plant or whatever it is may be? Because that is a cost. There is an interest rate to that, so to speak. Right. Uh, And we'll we'll delve into this in the future a whole lot more because I really want everybody to understand what opportunity cost really is. And how it's a hidden it's a hidden deal that nobody's really talked to us about. But if you never think about it, you always you're never prepared for when opportunities come your way because you spent all your opportunity money on stuff that you felt like you could, quote unquote, afford. And that's why I want to make sure we talk about this, because you really want to know if you can truly afford something. Uh, you want to count all the cost. And that's part of it that we don't we don't ever get talked about. There's also the cost of not getting it, right? <laughs> and this is one thing that I learned the hard way. When we first started uh, trying to get our money right, one of the first things I did is I went and I would read 
uh, the books and listen to the, the financial, the personal finance uh, blogs and, and read their books and listen to their podcasts, stuff like that. And one of the things that everybody always says, you need to cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back. So that's basically what I did. I cut back, cut back, cut back to as much as possible. I, I'm talking about bare bones. I don't want to spend money on anything, right? Uh, we went to the grocery store. We was buying the cheap bread. We was buying the cheap soap. We are buying the cheap this, cheap that. I'm trying to get the cheapest stuff that I can buy. We wouldn't go out anywhere because we're trying to save money, right? We wouldn't go out to eat because it's cheaper just to eat at the house, eat the generic bland food at the house. But here was a problem with that. The cost of not buying those things, not buying the, the nicer things, right? Like let's say quality food. There's a different cost of not buying quality food. If you buy trash food, you end up having to pay the cost, the pay the price later on with bad health, right? So that's the cost of not getting the good food. The other part about that is uh, with the wife, right? That <laughs> likes nice things, my which my wife does. And I like nice things too. Uh, if I don't take her out or if I don't buy her gifts, there's another cost that I have to pay. And that's the cost of a bad attitude, a bored housewife or bored wife in general, right? Uh, things like that. There's no fun in the relationship, which could cost you your relationship. Now, I'm not saying that you need to spend money on your relationship in order to have a good relationship, right? But money allows us to express ourselves fully and completely without very much restrictions. So when you don't have money to express yourself, you got to kind of think of creative ways to express yourself, which is which is totally fine, what you need to be doing, right? Because those things take more effort. And fellas, the ladies like the effort anyway. Ladies and fellas don't really care about the effort. I'll just break that out right there. I know this ain't that type of show, but we don't really care about the effort. We just really care about the end result. But anyway, fellas, the lady, they they do care about the efforts, right? But they also care about the end result. They do like the nicer things. Um, uh, but with that being said, don't neglect it so much that you just scrimp back and you're you're counting every single penny that you won't take the time to or take the money to invest in your expression of your love or your your kindness or, or whatever the case may be. The other part about that is when we were really scrimping down and cutting back on everything, we weren't giving anything either. We weren't tithing because we were so focused on, you know, maxing out our savings percentages or or putting money in the IRAs or, or whatever the case may be. It was so selfish just thinking about me, 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 me that I didn't have any room to uh, give. Right. Because I was I was trying to hold on to every single little penny that I had. And that's a hoarder's mentality. And a hoarder's mentality is dangerous. Right. Because what usually happens is if you try to hold on to something so tight, you leave no space in your hand to receive anything else. Right. You're only focused on you and the little money that you have. And money is just not that important for you to just be cooped up with it and, and not express yourself or go, go see the world or do other things with it. You got to let that stuff go. Right. You got to learn to give. and got to learn to contribute. And you got to learn that life is more than just money. But with that being said, money is really important to life. Right. Because I wouldn't be talking about this. We wouldn't be having 65 episodes of the show if I didn't believe money was important because money is important because money does a lot of things. Money buys you freedom. Uh, it can buy you access to happiness. Right. <laughs> I know they say money doesn't buy you happiness, but people who usually say that has never really used money to to allow them to be happy and have happy experiences and things like that. But that's a whole nother deal. But I really want you to understand that there's a cost to not buying things, too. There's a cost to not spending the money as well. And that's something that we got to uh, be considerate of. Right. So and I want to use 
as we bring all this together, and I know I've been talking pretty fast. And what I'm trying to do is work on getting these shows maybe a little bit shorter so I can get straighter to the point. But I know sometimes I get excited and I talk too fast. And I know some of y'all, y'all be listening on 1.5 speed anyway. So if I can keep talking too fast, you'll miss the entire point. But it's important that we talk, take a take take a seat, slow down a little bit and think about this really. Right. And, and think about the framework that we go through. Uh, for example, uh, when you're going to buy a home. Right. If you look at let's say you buy a house for I think the average house right now, let's just say two hundred thousand dollar house. Right. So you get a two hundred thousand dollar house. The average interest rate out there right now, somewhere like five percent. I know some of y'all are like, well, you can get a three percent or four percent interest rate. But it, I'm talking about existing mortgages put all together. Let's just for sake of math, two hundred thousand dollar house. At a 5% interest rate on the average, which is a 30-year mortgage, you're looking at a monthly payment of $1,000, right? $1,074 to be exact. And so you look at that and you go, well, I can probably afford $1,074 because maybe right now you're paying rent of $1,000 or maybe $1,200 or $1,400, whatever the case may be. And you look at it, it's like, I can afford that, right? Um, but there's more to the story. That $200,000 mortgage at five percent on the 30 year if you pay it like like it's planned to be paid off what you actually gonna what is actually gonna cost you for that mortgage is three hundred and eighty six thousand dollars so although the house was two hundred thousand then that's assuming there's no down payment or whatnot so let's say two hundred thousand dollar mortgage what you will end up actually spending is an extra one hundred and eighty six thousand dollars just for the financing of that house right and that's you know, over a 30 year period. And most of that $186,000, you're actually going to spend that uh, <laughs> in the first half of the mortgage because that's the way the mortgage is calculated. And we'll do a, a course or a class on how all that stuff is, is calculated in the future. But just know when you buy a house, you're going to buy, you're going to spend more than what the cost or what the price on the house is. It's the same thing with a car, right? If you have a car, six year, $20,000, interest rate, it's going to cost you more than $20,000. And some of y'all may be saying, well, duh, of course, that's how it works. But a lot of people don't understand that and they don't realize that. Uh, And really early on, I didn't realize that. So somebody had to tell me that as well. But that's only part of the story. That's the part you can see, right? So you're thinking, well, I want to go buy a house. I want to buy, uh, let's say the house is two hundred twenty thousand and or, or two hundred forty thousand. You want to do a twenty percent down thing, right? So you save up forty thousand dollars, which <laughs> that's impressive if you can save up forty thousand dollars, right? And you put that money down. You got a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and uh, we've already talked about that five percent. You're looking at you're going to pay an additional one hundred eighty six thousand dollars for the privilege of being able to pay for that mortgage over thirty years. But if you didn't put down that $40,000, say you put down less than 20%, there's additional costs, what we call the PMI. Or uh, uh, if you go through Fannie and Freddie, I think it's called MIP, it's Mortgage Insurance Premium or something like that. Uh, PMI stands for Premium Mortgage Insurance or whatnot. But anyway, it's an insurance that you have to pay in addition to what that actual mortgage is. Uh, that you weren't expecting, you weren't thinking about it. You know, if nobody's ever told you about it, you wouldn't even know about it until, you know, it's time to get down to closing. Right. Because that's kind of when they disclose all this information. At least that's when it was disclosed to me. 
And that mortgage insurance is not for you. It's for the bank. You pay the insurance in case you default or you can't pay your call, your house note. And then what happens is the bank gets to take out that policy and they get that money back, but they still can charge you for what you owe them and yada, yada, yada. It's a, it's a game, right? But don't, don't hate the player. Don't even hate the game. Just learn how it works. And we're going to talk about how you could do that with your own investments in the future. But that's just part of it, right? So you have your mortgage, you have your PMI, but there's also homeowner's insurance, which is different than mortgage insurance. So if you, a hurricane comes through, if somebody trips and breaks their necks on, on your doorstep, if you have a fire or something like that, you need to have a homeowner's insurance to be, to be able to take care of that. And in some areas, your homeowner's insurance won't cover fire or like in my area, it won't cover a flood. That's additional insurance that you need to have in order to get your house, uh, you know, built, rebuilt or, you know, repaired or whatever, if we have a flood event. Um, so you have that, you also have property taxes and property taxes are something that we really don't really talk about. But remember earlier, we talked about when you count the cost, you need to count the taxes as well. And so property taxes is one of those things that you may know that you need to pay property taxes. But if you're like me or anybody else, you're looking to probably buy a house in a neighborhood that you feel like is on the up and up. The challenge with that is when the neighborhood is on the up and up, your property taxes also go on the up and up. So although you may have a 30 year fixed rate mortgage and you feel like you know what your mortgage is going to be uh, every year, every every month for the next 30 years, that's all fine and dandy. But there's the other part of that that very few people ever talk about. At least nobody told me about is that your property taxes will go up every year as well. If you're in an area that the home is appreciating in value uh, and that's a cost. Right. And that's something you don't necessarily really think about. And especially if you escrow or even if you, you know, are trying to stay ahead of your money and you're dividing that money out over your 12 months, you realize that the house is costing you more every year. You know, a lot of people say when you're renting. Uh, it's bad to rent because they can raise your rent rates on you and stuff like that. Well, you can also increase your homeowner's expenses as well when you own a home. One of those things is because your tax, uh, your property taxes increase. Along with that, though, is that because your house usually becomes more valuable over time, you have to pay more money to insure that house. Right. And that's part of the deal. Now, these are expenses that you really can't get rid of. Right. Because even if you have the mortgage and you have, the, we, we call it the debt. And there's a lot of people that says you need to pay off your mortgage and things like that. And I think it's a good idea for you to pay off your mortgage. Uh, but also understand you're never really debt free from your home. You always owe something. And one of those things you always owe is property taxes. As long as you, you know, own that home, you have to pay the property taxes on it. The other part of it is insurance. You're going to pay insurance on it. Now, some people say, look, when you get old or, or, you know, after you get through paying off your house, you don't have to keep insurance on it anymore. You can just self-insure. Um, that's a bad idea, right? We've talked about this before that there's no real thing, such thing as self-insurance, right? Because, uh, if you have a home, let's say you got a million dollar house, right? But you have a million dollars in the bank. You say, well, I'm just going to self-insure and your billion dollar home burns down and it costs you a million dollars to rebuild the house. Well, you don't have a million dollars anymore. You just have a million dollar house. You didn't insure it. You were just able to rebuild it back. It just costs you a million dollars. Now, if you had a million dollars in the bank and the million dollar house and the million dollar insurance policy, you would just pay the deductible. 
they would give you the million to rebuild your house. You now have a, a million dollar house, but you still have your million dollars in a bank and it just costs you whatever that monthly premium is. Right. So that's true insurance. So uh, we'll, we'll tackle that in a later date as well. But that's something to think about. But that's not all the cost. We talked about taxes. Right. Uh, we talked about insurances. Right. We talked about the interest rate that's costing you. Right. But we're also don't want to forget about the maintenance. Right. Because uh, you have to maintain a home. Right. You have to be able to keep it up. You have to pressure watch the siding, the brick. Uh, you got to make sure that the roof gets replaced every few years. You got to make sure that uh, rats or something don't take over your house in the attic. You got to make sure that your basement uh, doesn't get all moldy and mildew and doesn't get all wet and stuff like that. If you have a basement, we don't have basements down here. But for those of my up north people, there are uh, you got to pay to protect the house. Right. Uh, so security for the home. Um, you want to renovate and decorate the house, right? You want to, especially if those of you, y'all be getting these big old houses, big four, five, six bedroom homes. You got to be able to furnish these things, right? So you got to buy furniture for these deals. And a lot of people, they get furniture on credit, right? So they get these payments, right? So these are the things that you need to think about when we talk about counting the whole cost of what it is that you want, right? Because it's more than just putting the down payment. Oh yeah, I got the down payment. But if you've ever moved before, Right. If you ever went from apartment to apartment or a house or whatever, you realize every time you move, there's always new stuff that you need to buy. Right. So if, say, for instance, you save down your forty thousand dollar down payment for your house and that's all you had. Right. And you drop down that forty thousand. Now it's time for you all to move. What about the movers? You need to pay for movers or you need to pay your homeboys come help you out, move stuff around. Um, then you forgot about the trash can. And especially if you're coming from an apartment to a house that has more space. You're going to need more stuff to, to fill in those empty rooms or you just walk around for seven, 10, 12 years hearing echoes in those rooms. Right. Um, those are the things that we need to think about that nobody necessarily tells us about. The other part about that is the maintenance of things like uh, water heaters and washing machines. And oh, I forgot about appliances. Yeah, you might have to buy appliances in your new house. But if the air conditioning goes out. Right. Uh, those are things that you have to pay for. You can't just call somebody up. You can't call the landlord up and say, hey, landlord, air conditions come out. I need you to come fix it. No, you have to call Plumco or whoever co air AC company or whatnot come out and they go, oh, that's going to be $6,000 for a new AC unit or whatever the case may be or heat pump or whatever it is, whatever climate that you're in, right? These are the parts of the things that you need to make sure you're counting. You got to count all the cost. But again, we talked about there's also a cost of not buying a house, right? So there's opportunity cost that's lost uh, in because there's a lot of things you can do with a house, especially if you buy the house properly and say you build up some equity. There's a lot of things you can do with equity. Um, also, there's some stability in owning a house. So what if you don't buy a house? Well, you kind of have to keep moving around or maybe you living in an apartment complex and maybe you're tired of living in apartment complexes uh, and you have to kind of deal with other people's stuff. And there's additional risk when you're living next to other people, right? If they burn down their couch and you live next door, chances are your stuff can get burnt up too. you know, things like that. Um, and then we also talk about the opportunity cost of, of buying your own home. Right. So that large outlay of capital. Right. If you put that forty thousand dollars down on that house, what else could you have done with that forty thousand dollars other than buy the house? What could that forty thousand dollars been for you productively? Uh, maybe you could have 
bought a house to rent out, maybe a rental property or maybe several homes with that $40,000 instead of buying your own home. So these are that's the opportunity cost aspect of it, that dropping that 40000 and that $1,000 a month plus your taxes, your insurance, your mortgage insurance, if you didn't put the $40,000 down, what is that really costing you as far as opportunity? Right. Could you have invested in a business with that thousand or two thousand or forty thousand dollars to produce more income? Um, Could you have gone, I don't know, travel the world, whatever the case may be. There's some opportunities that is lost when you take money that you have and uh, you spend it on something else. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't do these things. But as long as you understand what that is, uh, as long as you understand the entire cost, you can make an informed decision. And the decision is not just based on what you have in a bank account. Remember, we talked about this before. If you're checking your checking account to see if you can afford something, you're doing it wrong. Right. So we need to stop that. And I want that to trigger in your mind. Every time you you say if you can afford something, you go check your checking account. I want you to listen to my voice. If you're checking your checking account to see if you can afford it, you are doing it wrong. It's not how you do it. Right. It's all about allocation, counting all the costs and see if you choose to spend that money. Right. And that's a place of empowerment that comes from a place of really being in control of your money, telling your money what you want it to do. And it's serving you. Right. Because you can clearly say to yourself, look, this is what I want my money to do for me. When we were out house hunting, we kind of had we already had that in our minds. We had in our minds is what type of lifestyle did we want to have? Our home had to fit in that lifestyle, not the other way around. It wasn't let me get as big of a house as I possibly can and then try to figure out some type of lifestyle outside of outside of my home because my my house is taking up all my money. And so I can only do so much because my house is taking up so taking up so much of my money. It's restricting my lifestyle. Instead of doing that, buying the biggest house we could, we said, this is the lifestyle we want to have. We want to be in the city. We want to go out to eat. We want to have these children. We want to be lean. We want to stay liquid, things like that. So what type of home will fit in that category for us to be in the city, be in a nice neighborhood, be at a school that that we can be proud of, things like that. Our lifestyle is what we were focused on and not what we could, quote unquote, afford what we can quote unquote get approved for when it came to our house. Uh, other things to consider when you, especially when you're thinking about a house, I know this, this is not supposed to be about a house, but your commute, right? There's additional cost if you live outside the city, but you work in the city, right? So you got to think about that cost of driving in or, uh, the maintenance on your car, the time you're spending, uh, in, in that commuting time. Uh, those things you have to think about that is talking, that is the complete cost when you're thinking about whether or not you can afford something. So that's what we go through. And that's what I go through every time I'm looking to make a decision. And I know it sounds like a whole lot, but what happens is you get in the habit of doing this stuff, right? And especially when you get ahead of your money and like we do is we, we talk about our money at the beginning of the month, right? And we allocate our resources accordingly. So when I go out to, to, um, to buy something, I already kind of know what my basis is and what I really want the most because we've talked about it already. And I pretty much have a good idea of what it is that I want the most in life and that those things that really bring value to my life. I no longer spend money on things that doesn't bring any value to me. That's just kind of a, a something that I have adopted and I've been practicing over the years. And so when I go to buy things, the habit is built in. 
I just needed to be aware of these things, which I wasn't aware of before. Because before I'd look in my bank account and say, oh, yeah, I can afford that. And then the tires blew out on the car. But then I didn't have enough money to replace the tires because I was paying the car note and the insurance on it. Right. And because it was a nice car and I was young, uh, the insurance was sky high. And the tires are expensive, <laughs> right? Because it's not something that I thought about. It's not something that anybody even talked to me about. Same thing with a home. Same thing with your, your iPhones or your smartphones or your computers or your couches or whatever the case may be. Things have cost to them. And not only just the price, but the opportunity cost. What else could you have been doing with that money? The taxes, right? What is the government? What's the government want out of that part? You know, what what's their cut out of it? The... Uh, the price of not getting it. What what happens if I don't buy this thing? So we think about that as well. The cost of supporting that purchase, the cost of maintaining that purchase, uh, the cost of protecting that purchase. Um, you know, those are the things that we think about every time we look up and we're like, okay, I want to buy this. So my wife buys a plant now and she sees a plant is $25 or $50 or whatever it is. She now includes uh the pot that she wants to put it in. She now includes not only just the price as far as monetary, but like the mental energy in the space of it. So where would this plant go in the home? If you don't have space for it, then there's a whole nother issue that, that you got to deal with, which that costs mental energy, right? And could clutter up other places in your house that you don't necessarily want to clutter up, right? So those are the things that we think about every time we think about, can we truly afford something? When we're making a purchase, that's the framework that we kind of go through. And from, like I said, it seems like a lot, but for us, and once you start practicing, it's a subconscious thing, right? But it's something that you can at least be aware of now, that if nobody's ever told you before, the money misfit has now told you, there's more to being able to tell if you can afford something other than the price and what you have in the bank account. There's so much more to it and we need to be mindful of it, especially if we want our money to work for us. So that's all I got for today. I hope that was helpful. We only got two more episodes left in this season, right? I can't believe that it's gone through the summer. It has been nuts. We've been having a lot of fun, water parks and swimming and family and friends, and it's not over yet. We still got a few more things. We're taking a trip. Uh, in August and stuff like that. Uh, but y'all know, uh, those of you who don't know, uh, we're getting ready to go back on break for the month of August. And we actually may even take an extended break. We're still trying to figure out some things right now just because the summer was so busy and August is extremely busy for us that I might not even be prepared to come back for the next season. But we'll see what we can do. I'll let you guys know. I'll let everybody know. Uh, we'll be making some changes uh, to the site. Uh, we got some stuff that we're going to be releasing. It's going to be fun. But anyway, I'll leave that all for later. Hopefully this was helpful. If it was, let me know and share this with somebody who you think can, can you know benefit from it. Your, your husband, your wife, your friend, your cousin, your uncles, your strangers, whatever it is. Let people know because it's because of you that why we continue to grow this podcast every week. And last week was a record-breaking week. I think it has something to do with it. We, us talking about Jay-Z and the, uh, the nuggets he left. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and tune that in. Uh, and also remember... Uh, We need those reviews. Keep those reviews coming in uh, on iTunes and Stitcher. Let me know what that does that helps iTunes puts us in front of people. uh, And so they can see that this show is legit and they can actually uh, learn something from it. So keep those uh, keep those reviews coming. I really, really do appreciate that. Uh, But that being said, look, if we don't get our money right, somebody else will get our money. Right. So let's get it for real. Let's get it. (laughs) I appreciate you listening. I love you. God bless. MPS. MPS. MPS.
that we talking about money, money. 